we are in the book of John chapter 20. So maybe you want to turn there. John chapter 20. And the title of our message is this. uh, Turn your chaos into comfort. Turn your chaos into comfort. I guess I need my notes. I guess I could just wing it, but boy, that would just terrify you, believe me. Uh, turning your chaos into comfort. Now, let's set the stage here. The uh, disciples have found themselves at a really fearful, difficult moment. They have just witnessed Jesus crucified uh, and dying this terrible death. And now they have heard from Mary Magdalene, as we heard last week, they've heard from this woman that Jesus' body is not in the tomb. Not only is he not in the tomb, but he appeared to her. She saw him. He is, in fact, alive. Now, can you imagine what's going through their heads? Because let's remember, and maybe you don't realize this, but uh, Jesus chose 12 Jewish people to be his disciples, to be his primary followers. And the Jews were looking for a Messiah. Now, we understand that Jesus came as a Messiah king in a spiritual sense. But back 2,000 years ago, the Jews were looking for an earthly king who would come and overthrow Rome and, and establish Israel as a nation. And this Messiah would basically be the one who would save them and, and from any oppression and would lead the, 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 the nation. And then this guy that they were convinced was going to be at Jesus he died on a cross. And they were, they were certain that this was the one. They still didn't get it. That Jesus was actually the Messiah, but it was a Messiah of a spiritual kingdom. A Messiah in a spiritual sense. Not, not to overthrow Caesar, but to be the Lord of people's lives. And so here's this scene that we have of the disciples where Jesus has been crucified and then they hear that he might be alive, at least according to Mary. And I want you, <laughs> I want you to look at the scene from John 20, starting in verse 19. Now, if you're able to stand, could you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? Just five quick verses is all we're going to look at today. But this, this is the picture. You ready? On the evening of that first day of the week. So let's rewind. Jesus has resurrected already. He resurrected that morning. They were told later that morning, that he is alive. So what is the response of the guys? 
that night, the same night, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Talk about fear and uncertainty. These guys were so afraid that they all hid in the same room and locked the doors. Pretty amazing. What happened? Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I want to show you that it is possible to turn our chaos into comfort. So Jesus, I pray that you would take this story, take your word, which is already powerful, and God, may it penetrate our hearts and our minds and cause us to see you maybe in a different way, but Lord, change us, change us, meet us, may we encounter you by your word, and God, I'll thank you for all you do, because all the glory goes to you, Jesus, and it's in your name we ask all this and pray all this, and everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I'm not sure if you know this, but it was one year ago this weekend that we had the final in-person service here before we shut things down for a while. And I know there's different opinions on that, and I don't care to hear either of them right now or ever. Uh, but we, we found ourselves we, we found ourselves encountering this thing called COVID-19. We had never heard of social distancing before, right? First time I heard that, I thought, what is that? Now... Now it's in our it's it's embedded in our culture. Okay? The thought of wearing a mask into a bank <laughs> before that weekend I would have thought I was getting arrested. Now, if I don't wear one, I might get in trouble. The uh, and, and, it, and it's nice that we can kind of laugh about it now, uh, but I, I can tell you, because we did not have a crowd nearly as big as this on that day, there, there was a lot of uncertainty. And by the way, I'm not being critical of that decision. Uh, there was just so much uncertainty. There was a lot of fear. There still is. There still is. And, and I can remember, you know, <laughs> you remember those days like in the spring last year where like you would cough <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I got it, you know, 
And then you're like throwing, you know, you're throwing different symptoms and well, I must have the Rona now because I, you know, I have a bellyache or because I ate Taco Bell and it didn't agree with me. So I've got the Rona. And, and so we, we were just, we, we were nervous about things. A lot of us were scared about things. We still are. I look back in one year. In fact, I, I end up singing the song we, we sang an old hymn a year ago. Uh, Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand But I know who holds tomorrow And I know who holds my hand And I sang that in the car ride on the way to church today. And Jonathan was like, that's a song you sang before we shut down. I said, I know, that was this weekend. <laughs> and it, it just kind of gone through my mind. And, and I'm still holding on to his hand. I'm still holding his hand. And there's a lot of things I don't know about tomorrow. There were a lot of things I did not know about last year. I didn't know. I, do you remember my first announcement? I did a big, vid- big. I did a video <laughs> announcement. There was nothing big about it. I stood in front of a camera, and I said, "We should be back in two weeks, folks. No problem. This will be this. Well, <laughs> we're still trying to flatten the curve, right? Oh, we'll have Easter Sunday. We'll have Mother's Day, and 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 and." And all of a sudden, Easter Sunday looked like it never had before, and Mother's Day looked like it never had before, and it was like, uh, I didn't particularly like it. And, and all of a sudden, we found ourselves having to do church like we'd never done it before. Uh, I became a televangelist. Still haven't gotten my white suit yet, but. <laughs> but we, we found ourselves. Here, here's the neat thing. The devil really thought that he could shut down the church. <laughs> and then, all, then, a bunch of, then a bunch of pastors like me decided, you know what? We're going to use the technology that's out there and it may not be slick, but we're going to get the word out. And all of a sudden, thousands and thousands and thousands of churches, we were crashing Facebook on Sunday mornings, folks. Thousands of people were receiving the word of God. Some that would never darken the door of a church, but they tuned in. And some of you are watching right now, you tuned in because we had a live stream going on and you are hearing the word of God consistently now every single week to God be the glory. What the devil meant for bad, God has turned around for the good. But we didn't know that a year ago. We, we hoarded toilet paper. <laughs> you couldn't get Purell. Remember that? Hand sanitizer was a hot commodity. People were selling it on eBay at triple the value. That's here for capitalism. 
There was no school. Some of you are teachers. You went through that. You're still doing the hybrid thing. People who are working in an office are now working from home. Oh, did I mention we had an election last year? That was smooth. And the crazy, just the, it was chaos. It was chaos. Now, for you personally, there still may be a little bit of chaos and confusion and fear and uncertainty going on in your life, or maybe even since COVID-19. I think the Lord has something to say to you today. I think there's something from God's word with the resurrected Lord that could turn your chaos into comfort. So I want to break this, uh, th- this message down in just three, three different sections here. We're, we're going to look at how the disciples found themselves in a time of fear and uncertainty. And, and not all 12 disciples were in the room, right? Do we know this? Okay. Uh, Thomas skipped church that day. See, you should never skip church because Jesus just might show up. Oh, that was so good. And uh, Judas was no longer with them. He was hanging out somewhere. And uh, oh, 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 sorry. Oh, terrible. Okay, sure. Judas was gone. So the other 10, (laughs) the other 10 were gathered together. And I want to take a look at three things the disciples dealt with. Number one, I want to look at their chaos. What were these guys going through, really? And again, I want you to think about it. They still didn't understand that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. And then to find out that he rose from the dead, ooh, he's going to be our king now. He's going to overthrow Rome. And, and we find out later that that wasn't his intent either. You, you want to talk about uncertainty. You want to talk about having your plans turned on their head. Anybody last year, you had your plans just turned on your head last year? I had a cruise canceled twice. I ain't happy. But there have been job situations that have been messed up. There have been family situations. There have been health situations. There there has been all kinds of confusion and chaos and uncertainty within the families that are in this room and those that are joining us online here. And look how the disciples responded to that. Look at verse 19. Verse 19 says this, On the evening of that first day of the week, on Easter Sunday night, okay, when the disciples were together, they locked the doors for fear of the Jewish believers. Now, why were they afraid of the Jewish believers? (laughs) Well, it was because it was the Jewish believers that got their Lord crucified. 
And so they're sitting there and they've seen Jesus defy and control nature. They've seen Jesus perform miracles and even raise the dead. And, and, and now, now they're saying, if they can kill him, are we next? They saw what they did to Jesus from a distance, but they saw it. And now they are in chaos. They are fearful. In fact, here's what's interesting. The, the, the Greek language here, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. Okay, the, the Greek language suggests that not only did they lock the doors, but they barred the doors shut. So they, they were trying to keep the SWAT team from coming in. I mean, they were, they, were, they were fearful. And I wonder, I wonder if there's anybody in here who is facing, anybody watching, that's facing a, a really dark, fearful, chaotic moment in your life. Not just the past year, but maybe currently right now, th- th- things are a little unstable. Things are a little uncertain. I don't know about you, but I like certainty. I like certainty. I really don't like to take a risk. I don't like things coming up where it makes me say, well, boy, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't like that. I'm a control guy. And so you can imagine how much of that I need to surrender to the Lord every <laughs> day. But maybe for you, your plans have really been turned on their head lately. Something's taken place in your marriage or in your family. Something's taken place in your job or in your finances. Something has taken place uh, in in your health. Something has taken place and and, and you did nothing wrong. And now, now you, you find yourself, you find yourself really fearful Maybe you're in fear of what other people might do to you. Just as the disciples were fearful what the religious leaders would do to them. Maybe you're dealing with an issue that you never, ever, ever thought that you would deal with. I've walked with some of you in those types of things even recently. What do you do when there's chaos and uncertainty and confusion. See, here, here's the deal, folks. We live in a chaotic world right now. And so we're going to go through chaotic times. And let me just add this. This is not in my notes. <laughs> That's always a fearful thing to say. It's an even greater fearful thing to hear. But this is not in my notes, but... Our nation right now is in chaos. This gender silliness, for example, that's going on. Look, if, if, you're, if you're the parent of a female athlete, you should be upset. You should be upset. I literally saw a college girls basketball team, a picture 
and a six foot five Navy vet, male, decided he was a woman and decided to go back to school and play on the basketball team. Six foot five. These little girls are. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? Chaos. And here's the church. We're supposed to stand in the midst of all of this. It's chaos. It's crazy. And I'm not here to pick on a, a leader or to uh, speak critically of, uh, uh, of our president. I, we need to pray for our president and our vice president and our Congress and our Senate and our Supreme. We just need to pray. But we are in chaotic times, and so we as the church are not going to be exempt from going through some chaos. Why? Because we live in a sinful world. And because we live in a sinful, chaotic world, we're going to see some crazy stuff. And I just need to tell you, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And as we see this craziness escalate in our world, and as we see this goofiness escalate in our country, you need to understand that God is getting to wrap this thing up. And you better be right with Jesus Christ. This is not the time for us to mess around. We need Jesus. So there was chaos. And if you're facing chaos, you're in good company because 10 of Jesus' closest friends were right there. And that leads me to number two. I want us to take a look at their comfort. How in the midst of the chaos, how in the midst of all the fear, did we see joy and peace and calm and comfort come about? I want to show you. And hear me, if you're facing chaos today, I want you to remember these words because this will be very important for you. Number one, what brought them comfort? First of all, was Jesus' presence. Jesus' presence. Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. His, (laughs) see, they didn't think they would see him again. And there he was. One commentator suggests that, you know, not because some of us are thinking they were in a room, so they were like in a rec room, you know, Thaddeus and Philip were playing Xbox, and, you know, Peter is arguing with his brother about this, and, and, and so this big room. But one commentator suggests that they were all kind of huddled together, staying very quiet, maybe even reacting to the smallest of noises thinking, oh, they, they found us. And in the midst of that, there's Jesus. <laughs> right in the middle of their fear. Right in the middle of their huddle. Right in the middle of their chaos. His very, his very presence brings peace. We need to be more aware of his presence. Do you know how we do that? It's by our worship of him. 
It's by our worship of him. A week from Tuesday, uh, Ralph's worship team is going to be uh, having a, a night where all are invited from 7 to 8.15 just to come and worship with them. And, and awesome opportunity. And you know what that is? That, that, that's, that is our... See, because we're not asking Jesus to show up. Why? Because Jesus is already here. Right? Jesus, please come to church. Trust me, he met you. He met you. The problem is, sometimes we're not aware of his presence. <laughs> the problem is, sometimes we'd rather be entertained than enter into worship of Jesus. And as long as you want the church to entertain you and to meet your every need, I don't think you're going to get all of what God has for you. It's a two-way street. And when we put ourselves in a place to recognize his presence, that's when he shows up. And who is Jesus? He is the prince of peace, the Bible says. In fact, look at Ephesians 2.14. I love this. He himself is our peace. So Jesus doesn't just bring peace. Jesus is peace. Some of you didn't get that. Jesus doesn't just bring peace. He is peace. And so because he is peace, his presence just brings peace to us because he himself is our peace. We need to get in touch with the presence of Jesus. In the midst of their fear, in the midst of their chaos, there was the presence of Jesus. Friend, I urge you. I ur- it's no wonder that the scripture tells us to put on a garment of praise when there is a spirit of heaviness. If it gets colder outside, we put on a jacket. If it gets really cold outside, we put on a coat. If there is heaviness that you're dealing with, we put on the garment of praise. And what happens is that praise ushers in Jesus' presence in our lives, and that brings peace in the midst of the heaviness. Well, pastor, I don't have a worship band in my home. And, and this is the thing. We, we get the idea that worship is a group of musicians standing on a platform telling us what to do. That's not worship. That's, that's one part of it. But if you think the only way you can worship is for someone to say five, six, seven, eight, you could, you could worship the Lord right where you're at. You can give him praise in the car. You can give him praise at home. You can give him praise right there in your cubicle at the office. You can give him praise. You can give him praise. That ushers in the presence of God. And listen, since Jesus is alive, he cannot be taken away from you. The guards couldn't stop Jesus. Pilate couldn't stop Jesus. A tomb couldn't stop Jesus. Death could not stop Jesus. There is nothing that will stop Jesus from being present in your life. 
So first of all, there's Jesus' presence. You want to turn your chaos into calm? Then we need to know the presence of Jesus. Number two, they came in contact, they had an encounter not only with the presence of Jesus, but the price that he paid. It says, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. (laughs) You know what Jesus didn't do? Jesus didn't show up and say, okay, where were you guys? (laughs) Peter, talking to you, pal. Jesus didn't say, all right, all right, now, here's what I expect out of you guys right now. That's not what he did either. You know what Jesus did? Jesus shows up. Don't miss this. Jesus showed up, and he showed them everything that he did for them. He didn't ask what they could do for him. He showed them what he did for us. And you know what? You know what's good for us in seeing our our chaos become comfort? It's our being reminded of what he has done for us. He died for you, friend. He went through that death on the cross, shed his blood, body broken for you and for me. And today if you're watching or listening and you are not right with God, then understand that the reason why Jesus went to death on the cross was to pay the penalty for all of our sin and to take the punishment that we deserved. And then Jesus, when he said those words, it is finished, literally saying the debt has been paid in full. He took the debt, the bankruptcy of sin that we could not pay back. He paid for it all. Jesus paid it all. And so Jesus reminds you today, when, when, when he shows up in your life, Jesus reminds you today in the midst of the chaos, I want you to be reminded of what I have done for you. I want you to be reminded that I died for you. But oh, let's not stop there because I look around here and I see how God has healed some people in this place. I see how God has restored marriages in this place. I see how God has set people free in this place. I see how God has provided for people in this place. I see how God has brought families together in this place place. Do not be forgetful of all that Jesus has done for you. See, because the problem is when fear comes and chaos comes, then we tend to get so short-sighted. We're almost like, oh, what have you done for me lately? But what I challenge you to do today is have an encounter with Jesus and remember those nail-scarred hands. Remember how sick you used to be. Remember how miserable you used to be. Remember the person that you used to be and how Jesus has changed all that and for that for that you can be full of joy just like the disciples were when they saw his hands and his side Mm. they 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 not only had calm they they 
They had joy when they saw the Lord. Not to mention that he was alive. If Jesus died for us and rose from the dead, we can overcome anything with him. Isaiah 53, verse 5. I was reminded of this verse last night. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Look what I underlined. The punishment that brought us what? Peace was on him. And by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. His punishment brings us peace. How did they find comfort? They found it in his presence. They found it in his, in his uh, punishment and they found it in his price and they found it in his promise. Again, Jesus uttered his words and he said, peace be with you. I don't want you to miss this. Jesus spoke again and said, here's your peace. Peace be with you. From his words. From, you see, we can find peace in his, in his words. <laughs> we can find peace in his promises. We, we, we can find peace in those scriptures that we quote when, when, when we know, when, when, when we know things are tough, and then, then, then the scripture comes alive in our heart that, that, that says, the Lord is my refuge and my strength. He is my very present help in times of trouble. My very present help in times of trouble. I'm reminded from his word that, that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I am reminded from the promises in his word that he will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm reminded again and again and again and again of his word that tells me that I have peace through the promises of Jesus. I have peace through the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God will bring great peace to us in the midst of chaos. Look at Psalm 119, verses 165. Psalm 119 is the biggest book, I'm sorry, the biggest chapter in the Bible. And it almost exclusively talks about God's word, God's law, God's statutes, God's promises. And here in verse 165, it says, Great peace have those who love your law. (laughs) And nothing can make them stumble. Isn't that good? You see, when Jesus uttered his words to them and said, Again, the second time, peace be with you. There is power in the word of Jesus. And today, there is still power in the word of Jesus. Of Jesus. If you're going through chaos, don't avoid the Word of God. Oh, I should say that better. If you're going through chaos, 
Don't avoid the Word of God. That's when you need it the most. You need to open that book and just read and read it. Go to the Psalms. You want to talk about gut level honesty? Go to the Psalms. Man, there are prayers that are prayed in the book of Psalms that some of us would be scared to death to pray. And, and David prays these prayers. J- D- David was feeling some chaos and uncertainty in the Psalms. And he always came out with peace that came from God. There's power in the word of God. And if you're facing chaos today, then I want you to know that you can trust and have peace in the promises of God. They face great chaos. But then they face great comfort through the, through the presence of Jesus, through the price of Jesus, through the promise of Jesus. And I'm going to close with this. And, and Ralph, if you can get ready to help me. We saw the disciples' chaos, the disciples' comfort, but do not forget the disciples' commission that they were given here. Look at verse, let's go to verses 21 through 23. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Time out on that. That word send, it's not like, hey, I'm sending you to the store to get me some bread. It, it's deeper. It's deeper. That word send in the Greek is actually uh, uh, Jesus saying, I, I am sending you to be a representative of me. Jesus is declaring to his disciples here, just as an embassy would, would send a representative to another country to represent that country, Jesus, and by the way, we are all aliens here. Our citizenship is in heaven. Can you say amen? That's what the Bible says. And so Jesus himself is sending us as emissaries, as ambassadors, as representatives of him and he's saying as the father has sent me now i am sending you and with that he breathed on them and said receive the holy spirit and if you forgive anyone's sins they are forgiven and if you do not forgive them they are not forgiven jesus was sending them out and preparing them because they didn't realize this but those guys were going to change the world And it was through what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. May I remind you that Peter was amongst that crowd that Jesus was sending. (laughs) And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that means you, Peter. You denied me to a little girl around the bonfire. But I'm sending you out. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And Peter's thinking, and we'll see later on in this series that Peter still didn't grasp it all. But Jesus knew that that big mouth, boisterous fisherman who messed up so many times was quite qualified to change the world as his ambassador. You know, I'm looking at some people that have made some mistakes. I'm looking at some people that have not been perfect. I'm looking at some people that maybe feel very ill-qualified to change the world. (laughs) Could I challenge you to maybe just try to change your world? See, because you, like the disciples, you have been sent. 
that workplace, God sent you there. You think it's just because of your charisma and your resume and your cuteness that you got that job? I mean, that's how I got this one. But listen, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some of you know 20 years ago I was not that cute. God sent you there. God sent you there. That place that you live, do you you think that's by chance? Folks, there's no such thing as a coincidence with God. Oh, I should say that again. There is no such thing as a coincidence with God. God never says whoops. God never says, you've got to be kidding me. God has a purpose and a plan for your place. Wherever the Lord has you, God has sent you there. Well, I don't like where he sent me. I didn't say you had to like it. Sometimes it's going to be rough. And think, why am I here? Is God punishing me? No, God believes in you. That's why he sent you there. Because there's somebody, somebody in that neighborhood, somebody in that campus, somebody at that job, somebody in your world that needs to know that there is a risen Savior out there who could change their life, who can come in and, and change things, give them a, not only a new start, but that can, can make the old paths new again, that can take the mistakes and turn them around and use them for good. That's, that's what this world needs. And you, you've been sent with that message. I can't go to where you work. I can't go to where you go to school. I can't go to your neighborhood. Not everybody's. But you've been sent there. You've been placed there. And nothing should give you more peace than understanding that you have not been punished by being placed where you're at. You have been placed there. You have been positioned there by the one who rose from the dead. And Jesus would say to everybody hearing us today, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Time's too short for us to be messing around, folks. Time's too short for us to pretend that he's not coming back soon. He's coming back soon. Let's take as many people with us as we can. It's not about us four no more. Not, no, no, no. If that's you, oh, you need, you need Jesus. Because Jesus was never all about himself. He was all about other people. So you really need to get an encounter with Jesus again and get his heart. Not just your free ticket to heaven. Get his heart. Get his heart. Are you hearing me? We need to get his heart. We need to get his heart. And he says, as as the Father sent me, I'm sending you, friend. And you're there for a reason. I'm looking at people today that are facing maybe some chaotic times. Maybe this whole year has brought nothing but fear and and, and chaos. And and I know, and and again, I'm not belittling that. But I want you to know that there's somebody that even a locked and barred door cannot keep away. And his name is Jesus. In the midst of your fear and in the midst of your chaos and in the midst of your uncertainty and in the midst of your confusion, here he comes. Here he comes. And And he's ready to appear. And if nothing else, may his very presence today, may the price that he paid for you, may the promises in his word give comfort 
where there's chaos. Oh, but let's not lose out on the joy and the peace of obeying what he's called us to do, and that is to represent him where he has sent us. Are you in darkness today? Are you in confusion today? Are you in chaos today? Then this morning, Jesus wants to turn your chaos into comfort. Will you stand with me, each and every one of us? Have you gotten anything out of this here today? God's word is so powerful, folks, and he's here, and he's here. We don't have to work up some spiritual lather for God to show up. We don't have to beg him. He's here. He's in our midst. And with that, he himself is our peace. So with that is peace today. And that's what he brings to you. And so today, if you need that, if you need his peace, like he offered his disciples, like, like he was there with his disciples and gave them joy, the Lord's here to give that back to you today. So I want to encourage you today. Say, Lord, I need your peace. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Can we do that? If that's you, if that's you, you, just, you need his peace. There's too much chaos going on in, in your life. Too much of that. And regardless of where it's from, but you need his peace. I just want you to extend your hand to the Lord and just say, God, I need your peace today. I need your comfort today. Can we do that, Lord? I need your comfort. I need your peace. God, take away the chaos. Take away the chaos, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, may your presence become real in every single person that's listening to this right now. For you yourself are our peace. God, I pray that even right now we would be reminded of your goodness and everything you've done for us, Jesus. Lord God, I pray that your word would come alive. Those verses we've heard for years, some of us, God, may they come alive to us like they're brand new. Oh, Jesus, turn our chaos into comfort. God, as we go from here, may we know that you have sent us we might be going, but Lord God, you're the one who's sending us. So Jesus, I pray, I pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And it's in your name that we ask all this. Amen. If you need to linger in prayer, just you and God, do so before you leave here. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.